0: you are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We're going back to our series called Unwavering. Now, this is our third week. Everybody say third week. <laughs> so far, we've been studying the, the faith of Abraham. We all know that Abraham has this unwavering faith. And Let me just, you know, share to you in Romans chapter 4, verse 21. Let me just read this to you. It says here, Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. When you think about Abraham, when you look at his life, it's an amazing life of faith. I'd like to have that unwavering kind of faith that Abraham has. But like I said, it is a process. It went through some process. Today, in week number three, we'll talk about faith and purpose. Everybody say, faith and purpose. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. It's the same verse, but we'd like to read it again. And in fact, I'm going to invite everybody to read this with me, starting in verse 1. Now, the Lord said to Abraham, Let's just pray. Lord, we're asking that you will open our hearts, open our minds today. Holy Spirit, it's our desire that you will give us wisdom and understanding. Help us to understand the purpose, Lord God, our faith in your purposes. Lord, bless the preaching of your word and bless every person who's here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When you talk about the promise of God to Abraham, It was about Him, di ba? Sabi niya, I will make you into a great nation. And then sabi niya, I would bless you. And then I will make your name great. And you talk about all these promises, the promised blessings that God made to Abraham, well, it has to have a reason. I mean, why out of nowhere, bakit ba ang Panginoon natin kinausap lang si Abraham? Tapos sabi niya, I'll bless you. Out of nowhere. I mean, he's not a Christian. He doesn't believe God. He was a pagan. Alam po natin ba? Pero bakit kaya niya si Abraham? What was his reason for blessing Abraham? And if you look at it, Abraham was not really a good and holy person. Di ba? Wala naman description sa Bible na si Abraham was good. He's holy. In fact, again, he was an idol worshiper. But yet, God chose him And said, I will bless you. And the reason I believe is because of this statement. Every promise of God has a purpose. How many of you believe that? Every promise of God has a purpose. Sabi nila, there are 3,000 promises in the Bible. Sabi ng mga iba, it's over 3,000. In fact, sabi it's 7,000 promises in the Bible. But according to Bible Gateway, okay, there are actually 5,467 promises. Wow! How many of you have read all the 5,467 promises? How many of you read it and memorized it? No one, right? <laughs> and dami, no? And daming promises ang ating panginon sa atin. That's good. But what's interesting is what Bible Gateway says. They said that the promises of God reveal His particular and eternal purposes to which He is unchangeably committed and upon which believers can totally depend. There is, in other words, a direct relationship between the promises of God and His eternal purpose. God does not just promise us or to bless us with all His promises without really a purpose. There is a purpose for everything. In other words, when God promises to do something in your life, there is a much bigger and grander purpose for it. That's the good news. It's exciting actually if you think about it. All the promises that God said in His Word, it has a purpose. And it's not just an ordinary one. It's not just a little thing, but it is actually bigger and grander than we have ever, ever imagined it would be. And the good news is that God is fully committed in making His purpose in your life come to pass. He's fully committed. How many of you know that, you know, if you have a partner in business and that person is fully committed to you, you'll be blessed. How many of you know that? Diba? Pagka sa business, may business partner ka, gusto mo full commitment. Kung nagwo-work ka talaga, you want full commitment and you have a God, the God of the universe, fully committed in making His plans, His purpose, His promises in your life come to pass. That's who our God is. Nandito ba batayo. Diba? Yun po yung maganda po, it's good news. And for that reason alone, we can actually totally depend on God. You can totally trust God because He is fully dependable. We all know that, right? Now, here's the challenge. Ito po yung challenge po natin. Many times, our tendency is to look at the promised blessings more than the purpose of His blessings. That's the struggle. Many of us love the blessings. How many of you love to be blessed by God? Woo! Diva, you all lift up your hands. I want to be blessed. Who wants to be blessed with finances? Woo! Who wants to be blessed, you know, with, with good health? Woo! Everybody likes that. There's nothing wrong with that. problem. Kanya lang, we tend to look more on the blessings of God, okay? the promise of the blessings of God rather than the purpose of His blessings. Let me ask you this question. What if God's promises in your life is not exactly what you expected? What if God's promises in your life is not exactly what you expected? My favorite verse, I don't know if you're a favorite, but my favorite verse is in Jeremiah Chapter 29, verse 11. We all read it together. For I know the plans I have for you. lather, declares the Lord. Plans. Not? Plans. How many of you love this verse? Di ba? This is the verse that, you know, I embraced. Bagong po ako I was young in the Lord. I saw this scripture and I said, Wow! I love this verse. Of course, yung context and sa Israelian. Pero if you are a Christian today, how many of you know that this is also your verse? Never? I mean, think about that. So I was a young Christian way back then. I was so happy to see the scripture. And I said, wow, the plans that God has for me is to prosper me, not to harm me, but to give me hope and a future. So, these are the promises that God made. And these are the promises that I held dearly. I quoted it. I shared it. I posted it. I shared it in Facebook and all the whatever, whatever, right? We did that. But what if it did not happen the way you expected? What if, in fact, it's the other way around? When I was young in the Lord, we got saved. My family got saved. My wife and I, we were in church you know, just like you, we were volunteering the worship team. Happy, happy po kami don. Talagang we're serving the Lord. God has changed our lives dramatically. Believe me, it was a blessing. And this verse happened to be our favorite verse. So I took it with me. Started out a business. Bago pastor, I was a businessman. So I started out a business and I said, wow, I'm gonna get this verse. Because, you know, God's gonna prosper me. So I started... I actually did everything, did my homework, got my investment in. I actually had our house, you know, as a collateral. We did that so we could put up our own business. Lo and behold, that same year that we opened our business was the same year we closed it. I was just shocked. Sabi ko, grabby naman Lord, akala kubba? Did you ever ask that question? Lord, akala ko ba gusto nyo akong i-prosper? Akala ko ba gusto nyo akong i-bless? Anong yari? Anong yari? I was not prospering. In fact, the worst time ever was that I had my daughter here. She was still a baby. She was few months old when we lost our business. And I had to close down December. Do you realize ang December, Pasko? Wala ka mambigay pa I mean, think about that. God's promises, it's so bright, it's so beautiful. I love that. But it did not happen the way I expected it to be. The reality. Question, how will you respond to this? How will you respond when all the promises of God seems to be working not for you, in fact, it's against you? It's like a curse. It's a na blessing. Curse pa. So I was thinking, you know, that day I said, I don't have money. I lost everything. I was in debt. My house was in, on collateral. We were renting a house, and I said, "Krabeh, Khala Lord. Interesting, right? It's how we actually respond to it. That's why today I want all of us to really dig into the story of Abraham. It's something we can learn about what Abraham did regarding the promises of God and regarding the purposes of God. Let's see. Let's dig into our scripture. I want to show you a picture. It's a painting in the 1800s by Pisan. And this was the journey of Abraham from the land of Haran. If you remember, God called Abraham, right? In verse 1, God called Abraham. He says, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land that I will show you. So from the land of Ur, The Chaldeans or Mesopotamia, Abraham went, but he did not fully obey God. Why was that? Okay, why was that? In fact, we look at the commentaries, Abraham partially obeyed. He partially obeyed. When God asked him, You know, I want you to get yourself out of that land, just you, okay, just you, leave your country your people, your father's household. What does Abraham do? He lets his father take him out of the land of war together with Lot. So all of them were like one happy family. They left there. Partial obedience. What else did Abraham do? Well, he actually partially obeyed because God says that I will show you this land. Mentioning about Canaan, okay? It was about Canaan what did Abraham do? He actually went to Haran together with his father and Lot and the rest is history. They stayed there and the father died and this is the picture. Finally, he obeys God. ito yung picture. Na he finally obeys God. He said, Lord, this time I will obey you. I am leaving Haran and I'm going to the place that you want me to go, which was in Canaan. May nangyari na naman. He did not actually fully obey God. And this is, this is where we continue our scripture in chapter 12. Let me read. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 5 to 9, this is what happened. And Abraham took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son. Diba? God says to leave Your country, your people, and your father's household, that means that includes Lot. You don't bring him. You leave him there. But again, what happened? He brings Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. If you know the history of the Jews, all right, Canaan is what? The promised land. You know, naman, right? di Canaan, Promised Land, right, right? Even after Moses, Canaan, Promised Land, Israel, Promised Land. So they were sent out. They're going now to the promised, quote unquote, promised blessing of God. They're on their way to Canaan, together with all the the herds, the camels. That picture that you saw, right? All their possessions. They were going there. He packs up everything. But then again, it's partial obedience. He takes lot with him. Now, Abraham received the promises of God in verses 1 and 3. And when he was about to enter the promised land, look at what happened. Okay, so, when they came to the land of Canaan, in verse 6, Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shechem, to the oak of Moray. And it says there, At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. So here it is. Promised land. Happy, ba? How many of you will, will be happy if you know that, wow, promised land. House and lot. Parang ganun. Parang ganun lang, di ba? Parang ganun. Problema. May problema. May nakatira. May nakatira doon sa promise ni Lord. The blessing ni Lord. May nakatira doon. Sa kanila, Canaanites. If you understand the Canaanites, they were ruthless people. They were wicked, they were idolatrous. They, they in fact descended from the lineage of Noah. Remember Noah's Ark? Okay. They come from that and their father is Canaan who was the son of Ham. And they were judged. In fact, because they sinned against Noah, Noah cursed Canaan. So this descendants, they are nobodies. They were cursed from the beginning. And this is what happens. And here's where the tension lies. It says there, God promised Abraham that he would show him this land, but the problem, it is occupied by ruthless people. In other words, the promised blessing of God is not exactly what you have expected it to be. Right? Did you ever experience that? You know, here you are, you know, you know that God is blessing you, but there is an opposition. <sighs> I thought you said I'm going to be blessed, but what about this one? There's an opposition. There are promises of God. And the promise of God for you is, you know, provision. I will provide, right? But where's the provision, Lord? I'll heal you, but how come I'm not healed, Lord. I'm going to restore your family, your relationships. And says, God, thank you for the promise, but I don't see it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That's where Abraham was. He was there. The promises of God was there, but there was an opposition. And this is where we want to learn from Abraham. And I want you to open your eyes. I want you to really see what we can learn from Abraham. I believe this is a word for all of us let's see how Abraham responded but the good news is that before Abraham responded right god himself responded in the following verse it says in verse 7 then the lord appeared to Abraham and said to your offspring i will give the land and i'm going to well i can't be god but you know to your offspring i will give this land wow god must have known how Abraham felt. He knew, promised Abraham, but he knew that there would be oppositions. You see, we can actually find relief and comfort and security that no matter what we're going through, when God says that I will bless you, know that He is there with you. He appeared to Abraham. And what does He say? To your offspring, I will give you this land. So God responds by appearing to him the second time and now he confirms his promise to Abraham by showing now, it's not go to the land that I will show you. No, he shows the actual land. Abraham was there. So near. Abraham was there. Sees that. And he promises that this land will be his and his offspring. Now you need to take note that despite The partial obedience of Abraham, despite that, right? He still blesses Abraham. (laughs) God says, I'm going to give you this land and your offspring. So God secures Abraham of this promise despite the opposition, right? Now, there is that external opposition, the Canaanites, but there was an internal opposition that was happening in Abraham. You know why? Because God was mentioning, your offspring, I will give this land. But to that day, he had no son, no heir. Sarai is a barren woman. And I don't know, if you were in Abraham's shoes, I don't know what you're thinking about, Lord. Blessed mo ko ng offspring, mga anak, but we're barren. There was an internal opposition. The question we need to answer today, okay? We really, really need to answer today is this. How will you respond when God's promises are met with oppositions? How do you respond? Because God was responding externally. Okay, he appeared to Abraham, right? He secures him, right? But there was something internal that was happening inside there. And said, God, you don't really understand. How does Abraham respond? Let me read in the following verse. It says in Genesis chapter 12 verse 7 it says then the lord appeared of course we know that and then Abraham and said to Abraham to your offspring I will give this land and this is what Abraham did this is the response of Abraham what does he do he built there an altar to the lord who had appeared to him what lord Abraham built an altar if you understand the meaning of altar in scripture it actually means a place where you slaughter or you sacrifice an animal. That's the altar. In their time, that's how they view an altar. Sacrifice, slaughter the animal. In other words, it was symbolic to acknowledge and approach and appreciate that God is God. So it was his worship, right? So when Abraham built this altar, it was his response when he encountered God. So the Lord appeared, right? The Lord is Yahweh. If you remember in week one, we've talked about Yahweh. The meaning of Yahweh is the God who was, who is, and who is to come. In other words, He's Alpha and Omega. In other words, when God revealed Himself that, you know, I am the God of your past, your present, <laughs> and your future, I know exactly what's gonna happen. So He appears to Abraham. This is the, the whole story. He appears there, and then what does Abraham do? He builds an altar. And what that really represented is something else. Abraham responds in this manner. Number one, he surrenders to God. Abraham surrenders to God. An altar is a place where you actually sacrifice, right? You sacrifice. In other words, it's total surrender of some sorts. Abraham came to a point point, an understanding that this is beyond me, beyond my ability. It's beyond my talent. How many of you, Diba, ba, medyo gusto natin tayong in control of our life, diba Right? And sometimes when we are faced with difficult situations, oppositions, as we call it, what happens? No matter how much you try, it seems like you cannot go over the opposition. So what do you do? Abraham, well, he surrenders to God. He comes to a place of the altar and says, God, you know everything. I'm here. I surrender everything to you. It's a total surrender. When God's promises is not going our way, the thing is, our tendencies, we question God. Lord, why? Why are your promises not happening yet? What's wrong? Did I do something wrong? If you're not careful, you'd probably blame God. God, sabi mo, bakit, bakit ganito? If we're not careful you can be discouraged you can be frustrated you can blame god you can walk out of this church and say god that's over for me ayoko na kasi hindi ko nakikita yung promises niyo but abraham's response was not of complaining his response was a surrender he sacrificed This is what he surrendered. He surrendered his mind, his will, his emotions. He surrendered all his life. You know why? Because he left everything to follow God. Really, if you're following God, it's a total, complete surrender to God. You cannot say, God, I will follow you 99.9%, but the point one is mine. It's not about that. It's a total, it's 100% surrender to God. If you are a Christian, that means you have left everything to follow Jesus. If you consider yourself as a born-again Christian today, that means I surrender everything to our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it is. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Paul says that I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, And the life I now live in the flesh, he says, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, Abraham's response by building an altar of of surrender really is a picture of our surrender to our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it is. Builds an altar. Dr. Ann Smith, and let me quote what she says. She said that we have the faith of Christ. This faith is continually operating in the context of the purpose of God. It operates that way. When we surrender everything to God, it means we are surrendering not according to the promises of God, but according to the purposes of God. Amen. Ganun po 'yon. That's what it means. It's not my purpose anymore. It's not my own will be done. But it's now God's will be done. So now I surrender. The Apostle Paul, and I love this verse, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. That's why he says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? Because then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, I believe Abraham built this altar surrender, he was actually being renewed. He was being transformed by God in the process. There is a promise and there is a purpose, but there's also that process that happens. And the process that takes place is that God is renewing and transforming and changing us in the image and likeness of Christ. That's what's happening now as we speak. Whatever circumstance that we are faced with, God renewing that. And Paul says, do not conform there, but rather, he says, renew your mind. Renew your mind with things of God, with the Word of God. Then, after all, when we completely surrender to God, guess what? You get His good, pleasing, and what? Perfect will. Have you ever eaten in a buffet meal before? Yes? I didn't enjoy that. You know, it seems like, you know, you have to eat a lot, right? Diba? Pag kumakain ka ng buffet, diba? Sinusulit mo yung halaga ng buffet, right? So, kain ka ng kain, kain ka ng kain. Pagkatapos mo, bundat ka na, lalabas ka, hindi masarap. But what I truly enjoy is when you eat just right. In other words, perfect. ba? It's perfect. The thing is, with all of us, we have our own will. We all have our own plans. It's like buffet. You eat it a lot, right? However, it's not perfect. So at the end of the day, when you go out of that buffet place, <laughs> what happens? You don't get satisfied at all. When you think about the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God, when you surrender to the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God, it's perfect, really. That's the picture of Abraham's surrender. Question again, how will you respond when God's promises are met with oppositions? Number two, just walk with God. When the promises of God is not going your way, just walk with God. When we encounter oppositions, God promises you something and you encounter an opposition, all we need to do is continue walking. In fact, Abraham, he did not stop walking. He saw the Canaanites. eh. They're wicked people. But it did not stop him. In fact, what scripture says, and let me read in the following verse, in verse 8, it says, From there, what did he do? He moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west, okay, and I on the east. So left and right. Do you know what Bethel and I meant? That's the boundary of Canaan. That's the blessing of God. He didn't stop. See, when God promises you something, most of us, when we encounter the opposition, when we encounter problems, when we encounter situations that we don't like, we stop. Ang hirap eh. Lord, ang hirap maging Kristiyano eh. Alam mo yun? Ang hirap maging Kristiyano kasi ganito, ganito, ganyan eh. Ang daming nag-o-oppose eh. We stopped. But Abraham, the Bible says, he moved on. And some people actually stay there. They don't move on. They're stuck. But Abraham, he decides to move on. Even if you could not see the promises of God, let me encourage you. Just move on. Continue your walk with God. Just move. Continue your walk with God. Why? You know, in Leviticus chapter 26, verse 12, it says here, And I will walk among you and will be your God, and you shall be my people. You know why? Because we're not alone. When we go through life, when we go through many trials, problems in life, kung meron tayong pinagdadaanan ngayon, know that God is walking with you. Amen. Come on. God is walking with us. He has never left you, has never forsaken you. In Genesis chapter 17, and let me read that verse. When Abraham was 99 years old, okay, he, the Lord, same God, same Lord, Yahweh, appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me. And then he says, Be blameless. You know how it is to walk with God? You move on and you walk. It means you have to walk a blameless life. Right? To walk with God means, you know, I am no longer walking with the world, but I am walking with God. I am no longer tempted by the world's attraction, but I am attracted to the beauty and love of God. That's what it is. Okay? You're walking with God. It's not easy, but when you decide to walk with God, Every single day of your life, 24-7, when you decide to walk with God, what happens? Boy, you become like Him. You become blameless. You become holy. You actually get the impartation of God in your life. You're not sin-conscious, but you're God-conscious, okay? Many people are sin-conscious. But if you are God-conscious, if you are walking with God every single day of your life, sin does not take its place. You become blameless. Guys, continue your walk with God. Amen? No matter what happens, no matter what situation it is, no matter how many oppositions to the promises of God, you say, God, I'm going to be steadfast. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to be blameless. I will not let the world affect me, but I will let you carry me through this. So how will you respond when God's promises are met with oppositions? Number three, just call on God. Just call on God. They say that where your ability ends, that is where God's ability comes. You can call on God. You don't have to figure it out yourself, you don't have to feel bad. You can call on God. When tough times happen, hardships or troubles, who do you usually call? Sina. Is it your friend? Call a friend. You call on God. When God's promise is not going your way, Abraham called on God. And it's found in our next verse. In verse 8 also, it says there, And there he built an altar to the Lord. So this is the second time he builds an altar. Comes to the presence of God. Builds an altar, worships God, comes to the presence of God. And this is what he does. He called upon the name of the Lord, Abraham built another altar to call on Yahweh. But this time it was not just about surrendering to God, but it was about him calling God. "I need you, God." How many of you really call on the name of God? How many of us come into the presence of God? We kneel down and we really beg God, God, please, help me. Or do you still trust in your own ability? Do you still trust in your own understanding? You know what, church, realize that God, when you call on the name of God, it is a powerful thing. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says, Therefore, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And to us, Christians, when you look at the Scripture, it's about the gospel. It's about salvation, right? If you call on the name of God, you will be saved. Great. But there's more to that. As a Christian, when you call on the name of God, you will be saved in whatever situation that you are in. And His name is Jesus. The name above every name. Amen. Let's give God glory. Come on. Hallelujah. I mean, it's just amazing. Look at that. He's deliverer. He was despised, rejected, or of the sheep dwelling place, Emmanuel, eternal God. He's a faithful God. There is so many names representing the character of our God, our Lord. In whatever situations that we are in, when you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. He is always there to save us. So the question is, How will you respond when God's promises are met with oppositions? Well, number one, what do you do? You surrender to God. Number two, you walk with God. You don't stop, right? You still walk with God no matter what happens. Live a blameless life no matter what situation you're in. And lastly, number three, just call on God. It's all right to call on the name of God. Amen. Okay lang. If it's beyond us, you can call on God. The question is this. Did Abraham, okay, after this incident in chapter 12, did Abraham actually, okay, did he actually run out of oppositions? In other words, did Abraham run out of problems? And you know what's the answer? No, right? Similar to you and me. Our life, there will always be oppositions. Are you here? But know that you can surrender to His will. You could continue your walk with God. And you could call on the name of our Lord. That's what we have. And it's really up to you and me to do that. You decide. God will not decide it for us. Abraham, he decided. He decided to surrender. He decided to walk with God. He decided to call on God. But it never, actually, he never ran out of problems. If you look at chapter 12 also, you'll find out that when when Abraham reached the promised land and stayed there, there was famine. Canaan was a promised land. Diba? Promised land. Biglang may famine. Merong opposition ng provision. How many of you have challenges with finances? Siguro, lahat tayo, diba? Magtatayo tayo. tayo. <laughs> Still the same. Same problem, right? But he surrendered, he walked with God, and he called on God. And then, if you go to chapter 13, okay, he, had, he had, when he, he went to Egypt, right? So, nagka sila, yung asawa niya. He lied about Sarai, na asawa niya. But God res- rescued them, and in fact, what happened? They were saved, right? And they became rich. They left Egypt, they went back to the promised land. Eto na, nag sila ni Lot. Karon ang conflict. How many of you know that is another opposition in your life, right? Conflict, relationships, family, best friend, diba? People you work with. And then, in Genesis chapter 14, it's 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 funny. He had conflict with Lot, so Lot left him. Sabi nya, Lot dito ka na. Kung dito ka, dito ako. Kung dito ka, dito naman ako. Sabe na lang. So they separate ways, right? And Lot chose Sodom and Sodom, right? And Gomorrah. He went there, and the mm-hmm. ng war, nakuhasi Lot. Hindi naman niya problema, di ba? It's, it's not my problem, but yet he went to rescue Lot, and he won the war of the kings. That's where he meets Melchizedek, right? His mm-hmm. story niyon. What am I saying is that in the life of Abraham, really. It's a life of many, 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 many and many, many oppositions, many trials, many tribulations, many problems. Jesus said even that in this life, we will have many, 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 many trials. But yet, He says, fear not. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. It's only in Christ, amen, we can overcome. Amen. Just praise God. And Here's my main point. Okay? Through all the ups and downs that Abraham had, one thing was surely constant, and this is my main point. God's purpose in His promises never failed. I'd like to take this time. If there's, There are many mounting oppositions in your life today. Okay? I, don't, I don't know if it's finance, if it's about your health, if it's about a relationship if if it's about something you're believing God and you've been you know frustrated maybe discouraged i want to pray for you that's you would you lift up your hand before God just lift it up before God amen you know when you lift up your hand to God that means god i'm surrendering to you so as you come before God this morning you're saying god this is beyond me. This is beyond my will. So Lord, as we come and surrender to you, Lord God, we're surrendering our stake. It's no longer me, but you, Lord. Whatever it is that you know, I'm trying to get out of this, Lord, I'm just surrendering it to you. Lord, you said in your word, That if there are any cares that we are carrying, we can cast it before you, Lord God. And Lord, you will remove, Lord God, every burden that we are carrying today. Lord, I pray that you will lift up every person who's lifting up his hands to you. Lord, this is our total surrender. Lord, this is our altar of surrender, God. Lord, forgive us, God, that we have made this our own. When we look at our lives, Lord God, forgive us because we think that this is my life. You don't you don't have anything to do with my life, but Lord, forgive us. We just come and repent, Lord God, and ask God, forgive us, Lord, for making this my life, but this is your life. This is your purpose in my life. So Lord, I surrender. I surrender my pride. I surrender the I, me, my, myself and I, I surrender, Lord God, everything to you, Lord God, so that you can be God, so that you can appear to me as Yahweh, the one who knows my past, my present, and my future. Lord, thank you, Lord God. Holy Spirit, even now, we ask you to minister to your people. Lord, let your grace, Lord God, just come upon this people, Lord. I thank you that your Spirit is here. Lord, move in their midst. Touch our hearts, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we receive it right now. We receive it right now. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Just one more prayer. How many of you need the strength? How many of you need this grace to walk this called the walk of faith? How many of you need that? Then I want you to lift up your hands. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, just come. And let your grace abound. Lord, I pray that you release, Lord God, strength and wisdom, Lord God, upon your people, Lord God. That we may walk this journey called the Christian life, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, that when we walk, it's going to be a walk with you, Lord. It's going to be a walk that will be blameless, Lord God, beyond any shadow of doubt. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done. In Jesus' name. Amen. And last Amen. prayer. Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. If you are believing God for your salvation, that means Jesus Christ is not yet your Lord and Savior. I want you to take this time. Don't lose, don't miss this opportunity. That is you. You've been visiting. Itong ating congregation dito. And you don't have yet that relationship with God. You guess what? You can have that relationship with God. God, Jesus Christ, can be your Savior. All you need to do is call upon His name, believe in what Jesus has done on the cross for you. Amen. With all eyes closed and all our heads bowed down. That is you. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to lift up your hand. I want to pray for you. Anybody? Anybody at all? Just lift it up as high as you can. Yes, I see that hand over there in the balcony. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes, I see those hands. Praise God. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, I see that hand. Anybody else? Yes, thank you, sir. If you're lifting up your hand, just repeat this prayer after me, okay? If you're lifting up your hand, say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I call upon the name of the Lord for my salvation. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and that His death released my forgiveness. I believe that on the third day, He rose from the dead so that I may have eternity. Lord, I believe this with all my heart mind, soul, and strength. And today, from this day on, I will turn around from every sin and follow You, Lord Jesus, for the rest of my life. Thank You, Lord God, because I have called upon the name of You, Lord Jesus. I am saved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give them a big hand. Hallelujah.